0: are entertaining a few pilgrims who have come down from the great shores of Gowanus, Staten Island, and off to the right in the far distant, far long gone horizon, Long Island. And they are here in the shadow of the big brass rail balloons which are laying across this strange tropical paradise here where in the middle of an afternoon somehow uh the spirit of tequila is uh, being distilled in a world's fair way. Now, look, uh, we are going to start here at the Mexican pavilion. And this is, as you know, old friendly, Fred. And for the next 45 minutes, we're going to spend about 10 or 15 seconds, maybe 20 seconds, just looking at and listening to the echoes of this unbelievable folk Festival, this, this uh, folk rite known as the World's Fair. You know, the World's Fair as a rite uh, goes back to about the middle of the 19th century. Uh, the The idea of a fair on a worldwide scale. It's, and it's in a sense a worldwide party where everybody decides for a few months or a few, perhaps in some cases even a year or two, that everything is going to go out the window and they're just going to have a party. Now, some parties you pay for, other parties you're invited to. And then there are parties that you always, in the end, regret that you ever went to. Uh, Only history can determine which kind of party this will be. This is the 1964 New York World's Fair. It's in September now. And we're just about nearing the end of the first year of this enormous celebration. Or let us say we are about at the point now where the first fatheads are beginning to leave the party and the hardcore regulars are beginning to drink steadily. And uh, it's, let us say, beginning to shake down. You can hear the Mexicans now warming up in the background. I'm often curious about what some of these people think of of world's fairs, the places they work, and the people they sing for. They look like real Mexicans. They're wearing Mexican costumes. They're wearing Mexican headgear, and they're even singing Mexican music. But they're probably stu- they're probably thinking Straight Fordham Road. will we'll, we'll be we'll be we'll be we'll be back. Uh, (laughs) We'll be back out here at the Mexican Pavilion to round up this whole scene. And now let's move on to the next enormous vision in this giant kaleidoscope, this peculiar shifting mosaic of human partydom, the New York World's Fair. Hang on. We can take a piece of it. I want to get these horns and everything. I want to get this insane noise out here. the horns. All right, now let's get all this. Let's get all this. Bro. There is, uh, will be going up for the i guess the first thing that uh, hits you about the fair is it is a, a fantastic cacophony of noise believe me people walk around out here for 4 hours and can't even hear each other talk I'll guarantee you this. There is a, a gigantic music system that plays incessantly T for two and over the rainbow. Uh, this blended with the sound of the Mexicans shouting through their PA system. The Greyhound bus is going. People trying to buy hats with feathers. I suspect is the overwhelming impression that most people will carry away from the fair. In fact, I have known some people who for over three weeks after less than a two-hour visit here had deep B-flat ringing sounds in both ears, which accompanied them as they slept and as they walked, as they talked, and as they ate their bagels in the morning. And so this is probably, I think more than anything else, I think that, that, the, that the triumph of music over the mind has finally been achieved out here at the World's Fair. If, if If you are a hi-fi fan and for years have felt that they just don't make power amplifiers powerful enough, you will find that science has finally caught up with you. I suspect that the PA systems out here must be at least a half a kilowatt apiece on each pole. It is difficult to walk for more than 20 feet here out at the fair without the sound of some kind of music. Some kind of shouting, some kind of bellowing, horns, uh, bells, uh, the sound of falling bodies and crying kids, the sound of mewing, cud-chewing tourists around you. In fact, the first thing that we've got to bring to you here is the sound. This this incidentally, right, right, right outside of the Mexican pavilion, we just left uh, the Mexican pavilion. This is the sound of the bells. They would stop just as soon as we get here. This is the first time they've stopped in six months, by the way. The sound of the bells at the Thailand exhibit. You can hear them now attempting vainly to deal with Muzak. The sound of the ancient civilizations of the East are trying to deal with the sound of the IBM Pavilion off in the distance. The sound of the ancient temple bells are vying with the grey horns out here at the New York World's Fair. It is truly a kind of surrealistic... uh, You know, the first time I ever came out here, I don't think I ever told this on the show, the first time I came out here, uh, I, I could feel the ground vibrating under my feet as I parked my car about six blocks away. And I thought, of course, at the time, it was caused by people walking and vehicles moving. Little did I realize that I was feeding through the balls of my feet the sound of repercussions of sound waves. And now out at the fair, you can hear, you see, this this is, this is one of the gentlest of the noises. We'll let you hear a little bit of it. These <laughs> are genuine, uh, mechanically operated, uh, <laughs> uh, musically uh, amplified temple bells here at the Thailand exhibit where you can buy yourself a genuine polyethylene back backscratcher. Uh, <laughs> the ancient cultures abound out here on, on the shores of Long Island Sound. And so with the roar of the bells and the sound of the greyhound buses in our ears, we move on to our next experience. <laughs> and now I am standing next to this gigantic stainless steel I guess the only thing you can call it is a creation really <laughs> it has been variably described as a monstrosity I heard someone once refer to it as a collection of stainless steel tin cans, nicely soldered together. I have heard other people refer to it as a tremendous evocation of man's one-worldness. It's the Unisphere, which is the center of the fair, and which, by the way, I might say personally, uh, is infinitely more effective as a piece of artwork at night than it is during the day. Uh, the sound that you're hearing is the sound of the uh, of the fountains, a uh, tremendous collection of fountains here, and you can hear the pitchmen in the background bellowing out, and uh, off to our left is the Avenue of Flags, and the sun is beaming down, and I might say this, that this is the very center of the fair. This is probably the basic center of the pain that most visitors feel when they finally have arrived at You know that point where people say, oh, come on, let's go, and somebody says, but look, we paid $2 to get in, we can't give up now, and they wind up all sitting around the fountain here with the sound of the water squirting and everyone looking for a john. Uh, this this uh, fountain here is extremely suggestive. Uh, nevertheless, <laughs> there's, there's much to be said for keeping your eye on the Unisphere when you want it, because you know that it, as long as you can see the Unisphere, you're not going to be lost in Babylon. Uh, you know that the, the, at least there's a semblance of getting back. Now, any minute now, a giant helicopter is liable to go whirling over here because that's another one of the one of the uh, wild sounds that you first are hit by at the fair. Uh, the sound of airplanes and helicopters constantly coming and going. Uh, I don't think the helicopters go, nor do they come. They just stand around and strape the people with noise. Uh, and this goes on all day long. Now, I, I've felt for a long time that a lot of people are missing something about the fair that they should really get before this thing disappears. This is probably, the the whole fair, the total fair, is probably the greatest, most vulgar, gauche, wildly uh, naive, uh, in, in many ways, most uninhibited pop artwork that's ever been created. This is a total pop artwork in itself. No, you have to come out here. Here goes a helicopter. Look out! Here it comes! Everyone ducks their head and right through the fountain he goes. Uh, this is the triumph of man's basic urge to be a slob over his mind. Now, there's nothing wrong with that. I'm not putting it down. Everyone thinks, you know, you're putting it down. No. If, if There's a time when you want to just sit around. There must have been a time, really, even when Bertram Russell sat around and said, You know what I want is a glass of beer. You know? And he sat there and watched a ball game in front of a TV set and just got fat. Now, now that is is, is what you, you will find is rampant out here at the fair. And you can find almost anything you want, literally. I have come on here and have had great intellectual moments. But for the most part, you just got to remember it's like going to Jones Beach. You don't, <laughs> you don't go to Jones Beach really with the same atmosphere and the same attitude that, let's say, you go to... Uh, well, uh, let's say to the Esoterica wing of the Fifth Avenue Library. It is not the same scene, although you'll find a little of it out here. You'll find guys hiding in corners that are selling very interesting postcards, even out here at the fair. So, <laughs> so for those of you that are, we're going, we're going to push you off now. You can hear this guy. I don't know what he's selling over there in the corner. But There goes another helicopter right through the Sudanese village. Great, Scott. Now bring it up, Ralph. We'll get the sound of the fountains. And the sound of the music, and the sound of the Swiss ride roaring overhead, the sound of a Piasecki helicopter making a figure eight over the Port Authority towers over there, and we're going to go on to our next. Uh, what can you call it? You know, what is the fair? You can't. You can't really describe these as pavilions in the in the true sense of the word, because there is very little lounging done on them. You know, a pavilion is a place where you sit around with sunglasses, and we'll be. We'll be listening to the next sound in about maybe 10 seconds. And now while you sit there and listen to the sound of the Unisphere fountains, we will give you about 15 seconds, I'd say, to go into the next room and complete whatever this makes you do, and we'll be right back. Bring it up. Isn't life fun, friends? This is the sound of the effort. This is the African Pavilion you've heard so much about, and now is the time to go. You visit the exhibits of the 24 independent African nations. Africa on the move. Ancient and modern African art. The 1,750,000 years. How's this for a, a one-world pitch? Uh, in 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 just a few minutes, we're going to come back to the African Pavilion, and you can hear the sound of the pitch man buana pitchman he's known as out here he's wearing his bush jacket he is dressed in his his bandolier in case any roving lions or or any of the other carnivorous animals of queens or bronx attack he is ready for it you can hear the sound of the pitchman just to my left here and we will return in about 10 minutes to hear what the sound of this African pavilion is like. The fist fights are breaking out, the sun is beaming down, the helicopters are roaring overhead, and the thing is picking up even as we watch it. Can hardly wait to get back. He is not kidding, friends. Plenty of wildlife, Susie the giant giraffe, the baby elephants, the baboons, and the monkey cage, the camels. We'll be back in five minutes. Ah, this is the life for a slob. Here I am, sitting in my boat, slowly wending its way into Walt Disney's UNICEF exhibit. It's a small world. What wonders will greet us? What strange, exotic experiences will we have in just a few seconds? Speaking of strange and exotic experiences and Walt Disney wonders... This is WOR AM and FM New York, your friendly, reliable, sober, industrious John Gambling Jr. station. And uh, the tunnel is beginning to darken now. Ahead of me, there is a large contingent of elderly grandmothers, their girdles creaking as we move into high gear here in the Walt Disney World of Affair. Listen carefully. In just a few moments, it's getting darker now. My boat, my entire crewmates, the entire crew is punching forward in fear now, and now we are in total darkness. Great Scott! There isn't much I could say. (laughs) This is, believe me, one of the most truly surrealistic experiences at the entire World's Fair. Walt Disney's connection with the United Nations and with Pepsi-Cola, I don't quite understand. But there are millions. You hear the soundtrack, I'm sure. Bring it up a little, Ralph. A deafening soundtrack. We are moving through an enormous labyrinthine cave surrounded by millions of Walt Disney creatures. It's hard to call them human beings or dolls or anything. You know, they're little Walt Disney creatures. And they are dressed in the costumes of hundreds of nations. But the interesting thing about them is that as they sing the soundtrack, they sing them from faces that all look exactly alike. The Chinese faces look like the faces from Queens in the Walt Disney World. And the faces from Queens look like the faces of Eskimos. In fact, it's it's Well, here it is. Now we are now moving into another cavern here, and Aladdin has just gone over me with forty thieves in attendance, and there goes <laughs> Or is it Alibaba? It's hard to tell with Walt Disney. But this is uh, truly one of the most completely realized pop art exhibits at the fair. Uh, I think I think Disney himself was uh, probably the progenitor of most or a good deal of the pop art attitudes in this country. And this is probably one of his supreme triumphs. Uh, if this thing is approached with the proper uh, attitude, I, I suspect... This could probably be one of the uh, wildest experiences you'll ever have at the fair. In many ways. All these plastic mouths moving in unison, 18 million colors, Pepsi Cola flowing like water through the veins of the visitors, grandmothers in the boat ahead, the Kiwanis Club in the boat behind. The sound of. uh, It's difficult to tell what the words are about here. here. Now we're in the jungle section. Of uh, Walt Disney's small world, and the air has become fetid, dank, and humid. Uh, you can hear the sound of the birds and hippopotami conversing in the back. Listen. <laughs> I wonder what a Nigerian native would think going through this jungle section here of Walt Disney Anna. Well, it's pop art and a yard wide. We are now moving into another dark, dank cavern, making a big right-hand turn, and ahead I see an enormous ballet of slightly drunken penguins. Uh, I'm not sure it's Pepsi-Cola they've been drinking, but they are swinging and it's all part of this Peculiar, uh, I guess the word really would be uh, almost surrealistic or anthropological world of Walt Disney. There is an enormous plastic dragon holding a golden umbrella over his head. The air is becoming icy cold now, and as we move into the Arctic section of the world of Walt Disney, we wave a fond farewell. Who knows where we will land next? Be careful of that Mexican volcano. It is about to erupt. And now I am standing in front of the IBM people wall under the shade of the stainless steel trees that, through the beneficence of IBM, provide a little shade out here in this great, vast wilderness of machine, metal, and sun known as the New York 1964 World's Fair. This people wall, by the way, fulfills a deep psychological urge that mankind has always been prone to, and that is the desire to return, if at all possible, to the prenatal state uh, the enormous IBM egg is resting above us in just a few moments. This vast throng of people who have come from far and wide are about to be swallowed up by an egg. They're providing a deep psychological sense of satisfaction as IBM, through its vast technical resources, has finally made possible man's eventual return to his pre-beginning state. Now, in just a few moments, uh, I, I believe the people wall is about to ascend. <laughs> it's a wild sight, let me tell you. Uh, it, it's as though you're looking at some great canvas painting with thousands of Grant Wood faces peering out at you. You can see the, the, the look of the solemn Baptist. You can see the look of the angry protester. You can see the look of the, of the sullen man who gave up years ago to, to a defiant wife you can see children hanging there in short you are looking at a cross-section of all of mankind about to be swallowed up by great mother IBM Uh, Just outside of the pavilion here the fountains are going full blast the american flag is flying high the sun is beaming down and there is a peculiar air of fearful expectancy among the people here who are on the people wall somehow the, the, the concept of a people wall reminds me of china and the great 10,000-mile wall where millions of peasants gave up their blood to provide the sustenance of that great symbol of antiquity. We here in America are not to be outdone by the older civilizations, and we're moving forward. In just a few moments now, the people wall will rise, the egg is ready, it is yawning above us, and in just a few moments, this great mass, this moiling throng of humanity, will be swallowed up and become the veritable yoke in a great seed of praise to Americans' technical prowess and its superiority in the field of business machines. Uh, let's see. Now, there goes, a, there, goes a, uh, there goes an airplane on its way over to uh, LaGuardia. There goes a helicopter overhead, and now the machinery. Here we hear the sound of a bell now. This is uh, very significant. The people are tensing now. The stainless steel trees are rustling quietly in the fall breeze. I don't know whether or not they've arranged for the foliage on the stainless steel trees here to change with the seasons, but I suspect that uh, next year, after all the bugs are ironed out of the fair, that might probably be accomplished. The uh, fountains are rising to a crescendo now. There is a note of restlessness now, I detect, among the people in the people wall. It is as though they are being held from the egg itself. This is a period of tenseness. As many of you who go to analysts know, the business of attempting to go back to your origins is not easy. It's always attendant with all kinds of problems of one kind or another. I see high atop the people wall a delegation what appears to be a small Iowa town. Their Their box brownies are clicking furiously and the sound of film being expended is is one of the more comforting sounds out here at the world's fair. I suspect that underneath it all uh, the Eastman Kodak people have a hand in many of the vistas. Uh, That's one thing that must be said about the fair. They have cleverly marked all around the fair what they call picture spots that have all been precomposed so that all the proper things are shown in the pictures when you get home. There are no drunks, by the way, lying under benches in the picture spots here at the fair. I can hear now yes yes here is a is a is a, what appears to a mechanical man my this is a mechanical man who has been lowered from the shell of the egg and he is now suspended uh... in a strange mechanical contrivance so looks somewhat like a gas burner hanging over the edge of the people wall the peop- this is the information machine that looks really at what it's called out here is the IBM egg. Nobody is listening to him, by the way, as they sit there. That's interesting to watch as the pitch man tells them about it. They all sit and scratch and look. That's one good thing you got to say about people. They're not so easily, <laughs> they're not as easily led as the great pitch men of the world seem to think. They're just sitting there resting their bunions for a while and uh, digesting their hot dogs, and they're planning on the pizza immediately following the show in the information egg here at the IBM Center. Here they go now. Now watch this. This is a great sight. I say don't go into the IBM show. Just stand and watch the people wall rise. It's fantastic. Here they go. Listen. Hear the sound? The ooze in the oz as the people rise into the great yoke of mother IBM. The breeze is blowing coolly now through the stainless steel foliage and the people wall is slowly rising out of sight to display a gigantic American flag hanging symbolically over our electronically controlled fountains. Ave, ave, and peace be with thee. Enjoy your ride into the great, great yoke of the universe. Goodbye, O People Wall. We shall return to thee on the morrow. La da da da, dear. And now, as the gentle sound of the transcribed music emitting from the many-fold-colored waters of the Fountain of the Planets, we are standing in the sunlight next to the Clairol exhibit, where thousands of short, fat ladies, girdles creaking, stand in line under the searing hot sun to try their hand at six very-colored wigs. How will you look as a redhead? Or a blonde? Or a brunette? Or a ravishing dark-eyed, flashing girl of old Spain. See yourself in a new hair color, in a new hairdo. And above the Clairol exhibit, there is a garland of what appears to be stainless steel, tastefully painted irises with pennants of a medieval hue floating high over them and back silhouetted against it is a revolving symbol of America's simplest five-cent candy, the Lifesaver. (laughs) <laughs> oh, by the way, right next to the Clairol exhibit, I don't know whether it's, a, it's, a, it's done deliberately or not, is the Scott Paper exhibit. Uh, they have many products. But uh, this uh, this is, this is a, one, one again, one of the more interesting sides of the fair to watch these women standing in long lines here. And they have a big sign that says, No Men Allowed. Well, I don't know many men who would even care to come although I'm sure that there are a few that have tried to crash the line. In fact, I know that some have actually gone through, but that's another story. It's the Clairol exhibit. And uh, I'm curious, uh, this is the thing that immediately occurs to me here, is uh, this is probably closer, right here. Uh, this this kind of uh, feminine mystique and this gigantic feminine uh, egotism that is shown here at the Clairol exhibit is probably more significant as an exhibit than anything else that I've seen yet at the fair as a commentary on our culture that I don't see an exhibit that says men try yourself on a new toupee how would you look with sideburns men how would you look with a bristling set of of George Bernard Shaw whiskers no this is this is a a female world out here and uh, I suspect that that, uh, an archaeologist looking at this exhibit digging up this one a thousand years from now would realize immediately that he has uncovered an actual religious temple and uh... (laughs) you can hear the music building up in the background now and we're looking out over the uh... lagoon and the fountain of the planets the women continue to move in in a long solemn totally mirthless line this is a line that is a very serious line charlie is being called god knows where charlie is and actually Only God cares. And so now, once again, we return to our surrealistic tour of this peculiar pop art exhibit known as the New York World's Fair. By the way, one thing you can see from this side, this lady's side of the lagoon, which is the Clairol exhibit, you can see a direct shot to the Equitable Life Assurance Society of the United States Demograph or Demograph, as I heard a guy from Iowa pronounce it the other day. It's an enormous scoreboard just to tell you how bad the population is getting in the United States. And that, coupled with the Clairol exhibit, gives you some idea of the the effectiveness of the fertility right that is undergone out here. And so we hope to God you find Charlie, honey. We are now moving on to another one of the areas of the fair. Uh, quite obvious that we're in the African pavilion here and uh Having spent a little time myself in Nigeria, I can definitely testify this is uh, this is very, very authentic uh, from what I've seen in Central Africa, uh, in Nigeria, and in Togo. Uh, this is this is the real thing. But the thing that intrig- intrigues me about the uh, African pavilion here in the fair is I can't help but wonder how the people who are part of it, the uh, Watusis, the natives of Nigeria, and so on, the various tribes who are here performing, uh, how they... How they... Think about or feel about this this strange, totally technical, completely uh, 20th century thing that they're part of here, the World's Fair. In fact, the other night I was riding on a subway car coming back from the fairgrounds about one o'clock in the morning, and incidentally, that's the time to go to the fair about 10 o'clock at night. Spend a couple hours out here, and you'll really get a sense of the peculiar lunar quality of it. And uh, I was coming back on the subway, and sitting next to me was a girl in a very peculiar kind of native costume, I finally got talking to her and she was from Tahiti and I asked her what she thought of America. how do you like it? She looked at me she says, well, I just can't believe it. She says, nothing is real to me. I've been here two months and nothing is real. I said, well, you're working out at the World's Fair. Maybe that's it. She says, but I can't tell the difference. (laughs) Uh, So she, she was in a state of almost shock and she was very afraid to talk to anybody on the subway or do anything that obviously would get her into or involved in this peculiar fantasy that it must be to people who come from another place. Uh, the music is wildly exciting here in the in the African pavilion. Uh, I can see uh, a collection of monkeys off in the distance swinging. They have a couple of tired lions here and a camel. But it is an exciting, uh, a very exciting pavilion. And there is a sense of life and genuineness here that you really don't find in many spots of the fair. Uh, In many areas of the fair, mankind has become a spectator, literally. Uh, You go to the IBM exhibits, you go to the telephone exhibit, the GM exhibit, and puppets perform for you. Walt Disney's men read the Gettysburg Address, but here these are the real thing. Uh, you can hear the, uh, the sound of the drums and the boys are moving off stage now and this is the uh, I'm not I'm not here to do a pitch or anything for this pavilion but the first thing that hits me being here is that strange uh, sense of one people looking at another uh, here is a group of people from uh, Iowa and from Indiana and from Illinois and from Utah and from Queens we're all standing here in a great big circle around a a, a a plot that looks very much like African sand over there. I'm sure it isn't, but that's the way all of Africa looks, by the way, that dun-colored sand. And these, uh, these Zulus and Watusis and, and uh, these Yorubas from Nigeria perform here constantly. And here you have the, the, the genuine sense. There's a moat, by the way, I noticed significantly, between where the dancers perform and where the people stand and watch. And uh, it, it does give you a strange sense of one civilization looking on another civilization. And I'm sure that each uh, member of each group has no concept of what goes on in what passes for a mind uh, in, a, in a like member of the other group. <laughs> it just goes on and on. This fair, to me, is, uh, is infinitely interesting. Because of some of the juxtaposition of values and one thing other, it's 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 odd as you look through the African pavilion. They have a few African bamboo plants. These are really, incidentally, if you look, fellas, this 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 kind of foliage of this African uh, this green bamboo grows all over Central Africa. Uh, this is the weed. This is the crabgrass of Nigeria. You're looking at right here. Uh, this is an African tree over here. This is a, a, a kind of plane tree, which is an African tree. I see they brought actual African foliage and spotted it around here. But the odd part of it is, as you stand amid this stuff, uh, you see a kind of pop art quality to it, because right next to it, the next to the dancers' pavilion, is, are two machines that say refresh tired feet by electronic foot massage, rejuvenate in 60 seconds, 10 cents, stand on platform. And ironically enough, the one to the right has a little sign under it. After all that, it says not working. So uh, (laughs) our civilization marches onward and let us go ourselves, upward and onward, excelsior to the next great exhibit. You are listening to the sound of the guy that lives in the apartment right above me. I don't know why he does this, but he does it every three or four hours, especially after three o'clock in the morning. (laughs) This this is the sound of the Autotopus Lunaris, which is on on exhibit here in the middle of the Chrysler Moto Park, I believe what it's called, next to the Moon and Beyond exhibit and on the left, I see a army helicopter sitting down there next to the seats where ladies are quietly resting their feet. Uh, this, this, this one exhibit here, I think, uh, more than most, you know, it's funny. When we've just left the smell of a rich, real, live, ripe, uh, sweating lion uh, who was walking around quietly in the sun outside of the African exhibit. Uh, looking at the people going by, sucking on their Eskimo, par, Eskimo bars, Eskimo pie bars. And now we're uh, here in in the world where technology does not accept the real animal and has but created its own. Uh, the Chrysler people, uh, using uh, thousands of different components of trucks, cars, trailers, etc., have created an entire pop art zoo here. <laughs> And the, I think that the greatest things about these creations are the sounds themselves. Listen to this. I can only say that this sound is best heard at about five minutes after one, when no one else is on the fairgrounds. You're quietly wandering around here by yourself, and Chrysler is screaming and moaning off in the background there with its great lunar Moto Fair, but well, this is the Autotopus Lunaris. Uh, it is described here as habitat unknown, given to the zoo by anonymous donor, and uh, it is crying and screaming here, its own life out, whatever it might be. Incidentally, uh, I think this particular exhibit is one of the least publicized exhibits on the fair. And as an artwork, it, it, it stands right next to most of the things that are being very seriously considered as uh, true pop art uh, masterpieces. Everything here is made of automobiles. Uh, this is the sound, by the way, that, that they have recorded here, is the sound of a 1929 Essex transmission. Uh, it was especially recorded for this, and it, as you can tell, it is now going in a second. Yes, that's a 1929 Essex. It's very well recorded, too. Uh, there are dozens of these animals scattered about in this park. <laughs> and uh, all I can say is it's the World's Fair, and it's a yard wide. <laughs> and it's uh, they're all painted in, in pop art colors, which is to say a kind of uh, angry decorator shades, purples, reds, violets, oranges, and the, the sound goes on and on. Uh, In just a few moments, we're going to be in in, uh, close contact with another exhibit here. I think we've only got a couple of minutes on the show. How much time do we have, Ralph? Quick. Three minutes? Well, I don't know whether we should go on to another one or not or save most of them for tomorrow night's show. Uh, This is a special series of shows that I've decided to do. I've uh, been debating all summer about whether or not to do it and how to do it. But just a whole series of impressionistic... uh, Glimpses. Oh, great, Scott! They got him! They finally got him, ladies and gentlemen. We may have to leave this park in just a few moments. It's uh, <laughs> it's getting completely. Out. What what the weird part of being here is that there's nobody at the exhibit but us. Uh, this exhibit is one of the quietest exhibits on the fair, believe it or not. There are hundreds of seats all lined around here, totally empty. Uh, the sun is shining down. The flags are flying. And directly on the other side of us, an enormous automaton with arms made of fantastic truck mufflers. Uh, his muscles made of, uh, of what looks like chrome uh, exhaust pipes. His body made of, the, uh, of the, uh, the basic frame and pan component of what apparently is at least a ten and a half ton truck. He stands towering menacingly over and looking towards the GM exhibit. Like any minute now, he will march forward and smash Harlow Curtis and all he stands for. Uh, <laughs> it's funny how, they, how, how, how things seem to all go together here out at the fair. There's a strange uh, almost uh, juxtaposition of pieces and values, almost like a tremendous uh, jigsaw puzzle of, uh, of art, of passion, of anger, uh, the cross currents of no communication. It's 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 strange to see the lack of communication that people have out here from one exhibit to the next in the fair. It's a wildly exciting place, and I can hear something else beginning to groan over there in the back. We're moving around now, uh, next to the big Moto Park. Here is a bug-eyed frog. You can hear him right here. Oh, oh, that's terrible. That sounds like a man after four quick bottles of Valentine on a hot afternoon. (laughs) And that's the sound of a bug-eye frog uh, made uh, apparently entirely of uh, air cleaners, uh, uh, automobile grills. There's a couple of uh, manifolds I see. See, his feet are made out of uh, manifold uh, manifold pipes. And his uh, body, his, the actual body of his legs are made of leaf springs, appears to be a... Ta- Here's a carcupine. Well, I, I think that uh, that we're going to continue this again tomorrow night. I'm going to come out and, and just do a series of impressionistic images of this fair, which I believe, myself, uh, probably says more about our civilization and our time in any of the editorials, the serious books, the great, profound, the uh, jabberwockies that we turn out constantly trying to define and put into a capsule form, or at least to put into an understandable form, what it's all about. Uh, I'm standing right now looking at a large line of, 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 of uh, fat ladies and kids uh, getting into what appears to be an overhead Simca assembly line <laughs> to ride through the paint uh, vats here, Uh it's the World's Fair. It's a yard wide, as I said before. Look, 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 look it up there, Jack. See what I mean? Uh, we see this little Simca body with eight ladies sitting in it, with uh, Robin Hood hats, with giant ostrich plumes flowing out, and all the while the sound of the lunar moon Moto park roars on behind us. We'll be back tomorrow night with more of that which Robert Moses hath wrought.